and welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba and I are excited about spending uh, another podcast with uh, with another interesting guest. Now, Bubba, this is a guest that we did interview on the Big Show, uh, which runs Monday through Friday. If you're not familiar with the Rick and Bubba Show, uh, the Big Show, you can go to rickandbubba.com. All the details are there. Uh, and uh, we had her on, and but when we had her on, the book uh, that she has written had not launched yet. We were doing pre-orders and kind of doing a preliminary interview. But today we get to kind of really delve in. That's the beauty of the podcast format uh, with Maddie Pruitt. Now, you, some of you may know Maddie uh, from The Bachelor season 24, and uh, that was a very, very popular season. Controversy. Oh, yes, controversy. controversy. An uh, ending like we've never, for, never before never had before here on The seen. Bachelor. Uh, so, uh, so Madison Pruitt, uh, better known as Maddie, uh, joins us uh, for Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, Maddie, welcome back to Rick and Bubba. Well, thank you guys for having me. I was just telling Bubba, it's like I never left. I feel like I'm just hanging out in the studio with you guys. <laughs> and that's the way you should feel because you are from our home state of Alabama, and uh, you 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 told us that you did grow up listening to the show, so you you were familiar with the show and. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we had all kinds of connections to you when you uh, decided you would go on uh, The Bachelor. And, and the thing that has been most uh, intriguing, and we certainly will unpack that a lot today, uh, you decided to go on the show as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, which was going to put you in a kind of um, an interesting uh, environment, uh, Paul in the marketplace for sure. Uh, and, and you were going there because you felt called to go there. Um, talk about that a little bit. I mean, we've even had some emails going, God calls you to go to The Bachelor. Uh, tell us about that process that you went through about agreeing to even be on The Bachelor. Yeah. So for me, you know, I when I decided to, like, go all in with Jesus and give my heart to God, I knew that there were going to be moments where God was going to call me out of my comfort zone and that there were going to be moments where he was going to require me to abandon myself and lay down my life um, and my dreams or desires or even thoughts and expectations. And for me, saying yes to The Bachelor wasn't something that was born from a place of just reaction or adrenaline or, yeah, let's go on TV. It was rather this place of a surrender and obedience of where I felt like God was leading me. And I talk all about that through my book, what led to, you know, me saying yes to going on the show, why I said yes, what God showed me, what God spoke to me. Um, So I talk all about that, but basically long story short, after, you know, they called me, I didn't apply for the show. And when they called me, I was fully caught off guard, but I took time to really pray about it and think about it thought immediately that I wouldn't do it. But then after praying about it, just constantly felt like God was giving me just so much peace about it. And that God was really laying it on my heart as something I I should do. Um, And he just made it so clear to me and to my family. And I know when God speaks something to my mama and my dad, I'm like, well, then it must be right. So, you know, I just really just leaned into that. And I was like, okay, Lord, this is not what I ever in a million years would have you know, drone up for myself and plan for myself. But if this is what you have for me, like here I am, send me. And so I believe, you know, I talk a lot about in my book, what courage looks like. And to me, like courage is, you know, when you completely deny yourself and it's rooted in obedience and it's rooted in conviction. And you say, here I am, Lord. Like, if you tell me to speak, I'll speak. If you tell me to go, I'll go. If you tell me to stay, I'll stay. Wherever you lead me, I'm there. And that is, you know, ultimately what it looks like for me. 
Maddie, let me ask you this. I think most of us have, you know, those black and white rules that we live our life by that we go, because of my faith, this is how it has to be. I'm good here. I'm not good there. But in a situation like you were in, there's certainly areas that I would call gray areas and areas that you can justify maybe not walking the line so tight because you think if I – if I'm too stiff in this, uh, I'm going to lose my ability to influence people because they're going to think I'm uh, think that I'm holier than thou and I'm standoffish and, you know, I want to be part of the group up to a point. You know, I don't want to step over that line, but you certainly can run up into some gray areas. Did did you have problems with that during the bachelor, or was it was it pretty much clear cut where you wanted to be, or did you struggle with some of that along the way? I think we're always going to struggle with that because I think we're always going to, every single one of us, no matter what environment we're in, the world has just so much pressure and so much temptation that we're going to be constantly having to fight, you know, pressure to cave into the opinions and expectations of other people, pressure to change ourselves, to be liked and accepted or validated by someone else, you know, the pressure to compromise or to lower our standards uh, for whatever reason. And so I know that that's something I've faced before. I went on The Bachelor and it was definitely something I faced when I was on The Bachelor. It's something I still face today. And so for me, even writing this book was, hey, you may not be on a reality TV show having your love story being unfolded for millions of people to see. I pray you're not. But, you know, we all face like struggles and pressures and like all these things. And so I just wanted to meet people exactly where they were at with that and hopefully be relatable in that way through my story. And, you know, during my time on the show, of course, there were so many moments where it would have been easy for me to compromise who I was or to lower my standards, um, you know, or to choose to uh, stay and not walk away from something that would have been fine and would have been okay, but wasn't God's best. And for me, I think one of the things that you know, really helped me in that, in those moments to know when to speak up, when to stay, when to walk away was really having that courage coupled with wisdom and really just letting the spirit lead me instead of, you know, the people around me lead me, or instead of my feelings lead me, or instead of, you know, the pressures of the world and the voices around me, but really tapping into, but what does God say about me? What does God have for me? Where is the spirit leading me? And then being willing to be obedient to that, whatever the cost. And if that meant, you know, walking away from someone I loved, if that meant having to stand up for my faith, even, you know, in a world that may it or may judge it or may have opinions about it, whatever would come with that. I wanted to, you know, just be surrendered to Jesus and just say, okay, Lord, like literally wherever you lead me, I will go. And so for me, it was just that, that, you know, act of surrender, but there were definitely moments when it was so hard and when, you know, walking away or standing up for my faith did come with a cost and it did come with, you know, a sacrifice. And I did have to you know, come to a place where I was like, Lord, I fear you above Amen. man. Like I, I fear yeah. God above, you know, the fear of man and the approval of man and what other people have to say about me and what other people are, you know, going to approve, reject, accept. And I had to get to that point where I realized, you know, I live for an audience of one. And at the end of the day, I have to give an account for my life and my actions and my words. 
and I have to look Jesus face to face and I want to hear good job, my good and faithful servant. And so (laughs) that's what matters. Right. And so that is where I had to come to that place of, you know, seeing that as top priority rather than, you know, the validation and acceptance of other people. So kind of getting not, you don't have to get terribly specific about it, but uh, coming off Bubba's question and the name of the book is made for this moment. It's now available wherever books are sold. Now you can go to Maddie Pruitt, uh, MaddiePru.com. That's M-A-D-I-P-R-E-U.com. If you want to see some options, but you really can get it wherever books are sold. But were there moments, you know, because when you go into that environment, uh, some of the seasons that I'd seen earlier, you know, it appears that they're, they're doing a TV show. Here comes a, a follower of Jesus onto the show, feeling like that this is what God has called her to. And it looks like things like they like to they, they like to fill the women with wine as much as they can. It seems like that they're always hoping somebody will get a buzz so they'll They'll get do, the mouth and all. Yeah, do something or say something <laughs> they shouldn't do. They they certainly want you to get in hot tubs and, and wear as little as you can. If, were there moments when they were asking you as the producers of the show, what do you, we want you to do this, that you had to say, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable with that? There were many moments when I had to really put my foot down and just refuse to compromise, honestly, whether that was talking about something I wasn't comfortable with doing something I wasn't comfortable with doing Uh, many moments where I I was pressed with questions and opportunities to, you know, talk negatively about someone or negative negatively about, um, you know, the girls around me or about, you know, subjects that I wasn't comfortable with discussing. So there were many opportunities um, to, you know, again, be someone that I'm not and do something that I'm not comfortable with doing. And for me, yeah, again, it, it really was finding that strength within and that strength that was rooted in the spirit inside of me to be able to say, no, like, I know this is what you want from me, but that's not what I'm going to do. That's not what I'm about. That's not what I represent. That's not what I care about. And so for me, just continuing to remember, you know, why am I here? Who am I? And going back to that place constantly um, was just a requirement during that time on the show. Cause it would have been really easy just to, you know, give in to what other people wanted from you and what other people expected of you. And so just staying firmly rooted in who I am, why I'm here, what I believe was essential and, that, and you did they pressure you at all or when you said no would they say okay but did they just ask and move on or did they they, they are, lean on you a little bit well with as much as i can say okay. i will say i i was able to really stay true to myself like during that time and no, and at the end of the day no one can make you say anything yeah but i but i know how it feels to be pressured in the, in the entertainment <laughs> business for everybody going hey come on do this for the show yeah with three it's guys got, with cameras yeah. and a mic boom yeah. and they're all standing around going we need a shot yeah. here man. this is going to make a better show do yeah. this if you don't do this and nobody's going to watch so you'll never get to tell them what you want to tell them that kind of stuff yeah. uh, there's all kinds of justification and that's that's the world that's why i think this is important i think there's a lot of young women and young people and just people of faith, no matter the age, that are saying, how do you live this? This It's tough on us doing secular entertainment. How do you live walking the line of in the world but not of the world? So hearing real-life experiences like this, I think, is beneficial. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with the Madison Pruitt. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so uh, Maddie Pruitt is our guest. Bubba, she was on season 24 of ABC's The Bachelor, uh, she became the main one of the main storylines. It's not like she went into the big, uh, you know, here's all the girls and 
hey, she was done away with pretty quick, and it was good that she went to go on. Uh, no, she went all the way to the very end, uh, and her storyline uh, became uh, the main storyline. Here's the, the follower of Christ uh, who has made a commitment to, to God's standard, uh, and uh, she is being wooed uh, by a bachelor uh, that, uh, uh, that doesn't have that same standard, uh, and her trying to walk through that. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that, Maddie. The, the questions we get asked about that show and that season and how you handle that, and I, I wanted to kind of pass some of those along. What uh, and, and tell us your feelings as best you can about Peter. Um, he, he was the bachelor, and he was uh, the young man whose heart you were trying to capture in the show. But he had been on the show right before this uh, as a contestant, and some of his uh, uh, escapades, we'll say, was well documented. How did how did you deal with that personally going into that? Was that an issue for you? Was it not? How did you deal with that? What was your thoughts? Honestly, it wasn't an issue for me because I knew it wasn't going to be easy and perfect or look the way I always expected it to look for my life in, in a relationship. I knew I was stepping into something that was unfamiliar. It was going to push me. It was going to be different. And it was just going to take an act of trust and obedience. And so I kind of stepped into it knowing that Um, I I stepped into it knowing it was where God was leading me, but knowing that it probably wasn't going to be a situation of me, you know, in my past, you know, relationships and situations where I was dating a pastor who, you know, fiercely loved Jesus. Like it just probably wasn't going to be the same, you know, situation. (laughs) And so I, I knew that stepping into it, but I just trusted that God was going to lead me and guide me and give me what I needed, giving me the wisdom, giving me the peace, giving me the discernment that I needed along the way. And he did. Um, and so when I first met Peter, I mean, I had such a heart for him. I had, when I first found out he was the bachelor, you know, I started praying for him like right then and there and was very excited about, about meeting him, had no idea what it was going to, what, what it was going to look like. Didn't know I was going to be, you know, me and him at the finale, that it was going to be us at the end. Um, I could have never in a million years guessed that. But it was really cool along the way to see like so many conversations that we had on camera, off camera about, you know, just him being so curious and so hungry for Jesus and genuinely to know Jesus more. And so I saw like that hunger in his eyes and I saw just his desire to know, you know, more about God. And, and, and that was, that was attractive to me. You know, of course there were moments where I was like, okay, constantly thinking through, you know, after this is over, is he the man I've prayed for, waited for and hoped for? Can he lead me? Will he like, you know, of course you're going through your mind with all of these things. Um, but I know that during my time on the show, you know, God was giving me such a heart for Peter and I was praying for him. I was loving on him. I was encouraging him with God's word, um, and constantly just challenging him. And so for me, I think that that was kind of my mindset throughout that process. And, and, And I know that God used it in his life and also even in my life and what I learned through that time and through that process. Um, And so when I first met him, there was no like preconceived, any like negative preconceived notions towards him. I had no judgment. I had no 
anything but just excitement of being able to go on this journey and see what God had in store. And so I know that he was known for, you know, certain things of his past that a lot of people, you know, kind of labeled him as and put on him. But for me, I knew obviously that's not who he was and that God had, has and had big plans for him. And so I kind of went into it from a place of, okay, God, what do you have for Peter? Who, who really is Peter? And I just pray that I'm able to encourage him during this time for him to see himself the way that you see him and just to show him your love, the love of Christ and the love of Jesus um, in a way that he's never seen before. And so that was kind of my mindset and prayer throughout that time. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I guess that answered your question, but I didn't really have, you know, obviously at the end, when we decided to part our ways, I realized we're not on the same page. This isn't, you know, this isn't going to work out. This is not the man that God has chosen me to do life with and partner with forever. Um, but for a season, there's a reason that we were together. Um, and a reason that I have been, you know, called to this position. And so I saw it that in that way. What about the, you know, we've all been, when this show's out there, we've talked about it on our show a, a ton of times. It is impossible. No one falls in love in this short period of time. This is a <laughs> fake world. You're put into fake reality. So I guess I'm, I was going to ask you, did it surprise you that you really did start considering the process of praying through and considering him as a potential husband, that you really did start having feelings for him? And then answer that first. And then second, my, my part B, would be when the show is over, is it almost like a lot of times when you've been inside something and then you get back out in the real world, you're going, what in the world was I thinking? <laughs> I, I mean, this is... Yeah, I mean, did it, it look it, different it, when you watched right, it back yeah. versus when it actually happened? Yeah, so first of all, did, did were you surprised that this happened and was there a wake... I know you said you realized spiritually that he wasn't going to go the way that a man would have to go for God to say this is your husband. But I'm not really asking that because you've explained that. Was there also kind of a reality check when all of a sudden the cameras are off and you're back in a normal world and you're in your real life and you're like, I don't know if those feelings were real or not. Did you did you have any of that? You know, I was very surprised by the emotions that I was experiencing during my time on the show. I am not a very emotional person. I'm a very logical person. I've always also been very black and white. So to say this um, journey and this step of obedience was an adventure, it very much was for me. Um, you know, I was stretched in every way possible. I was very much in my head the entire time of, okay, I am feeling certain things, but does this make sense? Does this align? Does this, you know, and I was constantly going through my mind. Um, and I know that was probably very confusing to all the people around me because I'm having, you know, the bachelor look at me saying, Hey, I'm falling in love with you. And any girl on the show would have been like, Oh my gosh, I love you too. And I'm sitting here like, okay, that's great. But does this make sense? Does this make sense? And like, everyone's like, are you crazy? Like, did you hear what he just said? Um, but I'm just, I'm a very logical person. I'm, I'm constantly just trying to, you know, think through like, not just logically, how does this fit in my life, but you know, kind of what you were alluding to Rick of just, you know, spiritually, how does this look and, and what does this make sense? And does this align? Is there vision? Is there, you know, purpose, all of these things. And so 
Um, for me, I was very in my head throughout the entire time, uh, a tug of war between my head and my heart of, yes, I was feeling a lot of emotions and a lot of things for Peter and um, just really, really, really cared for him deeply. But also my head was constantly like, uh, I don't really know, you know, like, what, what do I do? What, what do I, you know, how, how do I go about this? And then I think when I came off of the show, I honestly, I think I at first, the first couple of months, because you have a couple of months until it airs. And those first couple of months, I feel like I just totally neglected like dealing with any of my emotions. <laughs> yeah. I just was like, I'm home, my family. <laughs> like, I don't like, I've missed you guys. I don't want to even think about anything. Like, let's just, you know, let's just not talk about it. And so, uh, which I don't know if that's the best way to deal with it, but it was what I needed. I needed and then you know when the show started you know airing I feel like a lot of things obviously began to resurface you know certain emotions and feelings kind of came back uh certain like situations I was presented with again um to get back into a relationship with Peter and it was just a whole whirlwind you know of you know having to watch yourself on reality tv your whole life changing all of these people having opinions about you being on magazine articles having celebrities post you on their story and have something to say about you it was a whirlwind of emotions and feelings at the same time me trying to figure out you know my love life and do I have feelings for Peter are we going to try this again you know so much going on um and so for me it really wasn't like I went on the show and then just you know went back to normal reality it was kind of this constant state of like what is going on for almost six months and so it was, it was a wild adventure. And I, I feel like when we finally, you know, called it quits after the finale, I was able to fully walk away with that with full peace and full like confidence and knowing this man is not the one for me. I'm not the one for him. God has someone great for him. God has someone great for me. And I have so much peace in knowing that. And so, you know, once that chapter finally, you know, closed and ended, I was, I was great with that. Um, and just wishing the best, the best for him. You know, Maddie, very few people will fully understand or could understand the what it's like to be under the spotlight of a successful national TV show. Uh, the, the sheer numbers of people who are going to watch and who are going to chime in on everything you do. But I, I guess we're trying to, to understand how that emotional feeling was. I mean, we're, we're both married and been married a long time, but you know, you think back to when you were a teenager, maybe a, a summer camp or a cheerleader camp deal or, you know, where you meet somebody on, on Sunday and by the next Sunday you think they are the greatest thing on earth and then you go back home and it's different, you know, when you get back. Is it kind of that feeling? It was uh, because I, I know with the other girls there and the competitiveness and the venues you're going to, uh, it, it, it has to be just uh, – you know, it, it pushes you toward that situation, I guess. But is it kind of like one of those summer love things that, that just, you know, can burn very passionately and then, uh, you know, fade out? Is it that kind of feeling? You know, I can only speak on, but I don't know what it's like, what it was like for the other girls. I know for me, like it was something I felt very intensely, obviously, when I was on the show and something that I you know, really felt strongly for Peter and just my heart for him. But I'm also, I'm like the kind of person that I adapt to things very quickly and easily. So like, as soon as I knew God was like, this is not the man for you. And this chapter is ending. Like 
I was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so for me, it was, it was a wrestle for a long time, like during my time on the show, right when I came off and then with it airing those six months, it was a back and forth, you know, and confusion and just having a lot of feelings for him, wanting it to work out wanting to figure out what's going on. You know, but then as soon as I knew like, okay, God's hand is not in this. I do not, I do not have a piece about it. This is not God's best for me, not God's best for him. I was able to just like fully be great with that and just remove myself from that. Um, and I, and, you know, I talk a lot about in the book because, you know, it's not just a bachelor book. I talk all about, you know, my life, like you even mentioned, you know, in, in high school or church camps or all, you know, all these growing up experiences, as well as things that I even face today. Um, and, and even though, like I even mentioned earlier, a lot of people reading this book, obviously are not going on reality TV, but all of us face, you know, those pressures and those temptations every day. And so for me, I think I learned during my time on that show you know, how you prepare in private will determine how you perform in the public and who you are when no one is watching is who you're going to be when everyone is watching. And that's what I really want people to understand is I was able to, you know, keep my standards high and my roots deep and stay true to myself and stay true to my convictions because I knew who I was in the private. Therefore, I was able to stand firm in the public. And I, I really cared about the everyday, you know, moments with Jesus and really took time to invest in myself and, and lay that foundation so that when moments of pressure came, moments that make you break, you form, you shape, you try and knock you down, I would be ready and I would be ready to stand firm and stay true to myself. And that's really what I want people to understand, um, that it wasn't just this moment of adrenaline and just this moment of, yeah, Maddie just has, you know, way more strength than I could ever have. No, that strength that everyone saw was directly connected to the decisions that I was making in the private. And that's something that every single person listening to this can have and can tap into. And so I just want to encourage people with that um, through my story and through the things that I've walked through. We'll come back and, and we'll jump in on what you were just talking about a little bit, because that's one of the questions that, that we want to ask uh, when we come back. It's Madison Pruitt. Uh, she's with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right. So Bubba, we always think we were talking about it on the show today, the day that we're recording this podcast. Well, I mean, if you're going to, if you, 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 what do you do if you don't have any other choices? You know, we're talking about the social media platforms and all yeah, that. What do we do? So I know a lot of times when people are, are talking about supporting companies that stand up for all kinds of things, you and I were talking about this just in banking. And you look at, uh, you try to find a bank to use and they're posting something on their website and you're like, well, that doesn't represent me. Well, that can be a, a lot with the wireless services out there in your, in your cellular service. Um, you're going, well, who else can I turn to? Can we introduce you to Patriot Mobile? It's America's only Christian conservative uh, wireless provider. They offer broad uh, nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same towers that all the other carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and this is what you're going to love, their 100% U.S.-based customer support team, we talk about that a lot, Bub, on the show, yep. provides exceptional customer service, and more importantly, Patriot Mobile uh, uh, shares the values and supports organizations you know, that are fighting for our religious freedoms. Uh, they're, they're fighting for our constitutional rights, um, the sanctity of life, uh, our veterans and, and first responder heroes. You could be with a wireless company that uh, affects your worldview the, uh, much, much more consistent than some of these other choices out there. But you're, you're like us. You're thinking, well, where am I supposed to go? Where do I go? And, and Rick, you know, everyone is going to have problems from time to of time. Course. But you really appreciate it when – their customer service acts like they care. That's right. You know, that that goes so far with me. Isn't that all we want? 
What do you want me to do? Well, I want you to care. Yeah. yeah. Just, just act like I'm as important as the message on hold says that you say I am. That's so true. Yeah. PatriotMobile.com. Do it now, slash Rick Bubba. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Now, what does the code Rick Bubba get you? Well, you get free activation uh, with the offer code Rick Bubba. They always have special discounts for veterans and first responders, uh, for multi-line accounts. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Rick Bubba. All right, so we're talking to Madison Pruitt. The book is out now. Uh, Madison Pruitt's uh, book, Made for This Moment, Standing Firm with Strength, Grace, and Courage. And it's beyond, as you mentioned, uh, Maddie. It's, it's not you don't you don't have to have gone on a reality TV show for to, to the, the book's not just about that. It's about the overall struggle that everybody who decides to follow Jesus, uh, because we are then, as Jesus told us, I send you out as sheep in the presence of wolves. He said, look, when you go out in that world, that world's fallen. That world hates me. Uh, therefore, if you're with me, they're going to hate you. Uh, we, we see Peter talking about that in this world uh, we will face uh, difficulties, and, and, and these difficulties are usually a testing of the genuineness of our faith. Uh, you see that uh, testing produces you know, um, uh, steadfastness. Uh, and it really it doesn't, it doesn't uh, as I've said many times, when, when we're forced into these situations, it doesn't give us a faith. It reveals the status of our faith. And Scripture talks about this all the time. But I know a yeah. lot of people, because I, I hear the way you're talking, and, and I'm embarrassed to say the things that you're talking about now in your faith are things that I have learned in the last 15 years of my walk with Christ. Uh, I claimed to was, was a Christian when I was much younger like you, but there was no evidence of that. It was a cultural Christianity because I kind of had the attitude of, okay, I think I got saved. I think I'm not going to hell. Now back to the life that everybody else lives. Uh, you know, but right. the only thing different between me is I say the right things about you know um, moral issues here or there. But but other than that, there really is no devotion in my life to Christ. I was a believer in Jesus, but I was not a disciple of Jesus. But what I hear from you is is a whole different attitude. And I I know there's a lot of people watching this or listening to this. They may be thinking of the young uh, adults in their life that are their children, but they also, no matter the age just thinking of themselves. And you you told us in general the last thing about, well, you got to be ready in your private life if you're going to be ready in your public life. But I want to kind of, I want to drill down on that. Uh, what are the spiritual disciplines? How, how did you at such a young age end up buying in to abiding in Christ? What are the things you do? I'm not talking about earning salvation or legalism. I'm talking about a devotion to Jesus and those spiritual disciplines that he calls us to, that the, the thing that, that I'm learning at a much, sadly, older age than you, praise God, you learned it early, that when Jesus says, I'm the one that provides the power, abide in me, and that's not a, that's not a casual statement that he's talking about. This, this, this is, this is a, a life that is lived differently, but what did that look like and what does that look like in your life? Hmm. You know, I believe that we make almost pretty much all of our decisions from a place of who we believe that we are. And for me, when I came to a place of discovering who I was, I discovered who I belong to and I discovered who created me. And 
for me, I become more confident in who I am when I become more confident in whose I am. And I become more confident in who Jesus is and what he's done for me, what he continues to do for me, what he continues to give me. And so for me, it really started from that place. I was able to, you know, develop a confidence and a faith and a joy and, and discipline and all of these other things from a place of knowing that I belong and from that place of security. And I think that so many times, you know, we come from this place of lack and we come from this place of feeling the need to prove ourselves or perform or whatever it is. And we start attaching ourselves to other people or other things, thinking that these things will, will satisfy us, thinking that these things will, you know, tell us who we are, will affirm us, will validate us, will accept us, will choose us. And what we ultimately find every single time is that any of those things that aren't in Jesus, you know, ultimately leave us dissatisfied and leave us empty and leave us constantly needing more, wanting more. And for me, when I went all in with Jesus and decided to let him be the one who tells me who I am, let him be the one who gives me that joy and that freedom and that peace and that confidence and everything else that I need. There was this just release of one, it's no longer about me. And so I don't have to worry about, you know, what other people think about me. I don't have to worry about if they accept me, approve me, like me or any of those things. But also I realize I'm a part of something so much bigger than myself and there's so much freedom in that. Um, and so for me, it really starts there is like knowing who I am and knowing that really every decision that I make is going to come from that place. Um, I think second is pre-deciding before the heat of the moment yeah. ever comes, making a decision outside of the heat of the moment. I think too many of us rely on our feelings to kind of take over in those moments. And the truth is our feelings are valid, but they're not always right. That's right. And if you yeah. just trust your feelings, a lot of the times you're going to find yourself going down the road of resentment, shame, and regret. And I, I have, of course, found myself, I'm not perfect. I found myself in that place, but I don't want that for my generation. I don't want that for the people around me. I don't want that for my life. Um, I don't want to find myself in a place of asking how in the world did I get here? And so for me, where that starts is in the private life and in making a, a decision before the heat of the moment ever arrives. So I know when I'm alone in a room with a guy and he's telling me, if you do this, I'll give you this. If you do this, I'll love you. Or when I'm in a situation where everyone around me is participating in something that I'm not comfortable with and that would cause me to compromise, you know, my standards or my, my values, you know, whatever my situation is, you know, I want to know what I'm going to do before those moments ever even come yeah. and I want to know what I value before the, the heat of the moment ever arrives so that I'm prepared for it and so that I'm ready for it and so I talk about a lot in my book that the way we respond to pressure matters but the way we prepare matters just as much and that's why there's so much power in pre-deciding and in preparing you know you look at the athletes you look at you know musicians you look at pilots you look at professional speakers you look at all of these different people even you got you prepare like you you know what you're doing before you just step into the moment and just hope you have what it takes to stand. And so that's what I want to encourage people is, you know, stewarding well those everyday moments and investing in yourself well, letting God fill you and feed you and give you what you need um, is so crucial and so important to be able to stand firm under pressure. Maddie, when you're you're on a stage like you've been on, you're, you're going to have critics. Uh, we talk a lot here about because of what we do and the way we do it, we certainly have critics. Mm. And uh, it, it's funny, people will ask us, they say, well, who, who are the 
people you hear the most from. And a lot of times it is fellow believers who feel like we're not doing Christianity the right way. Um, do you, from your standpoint, and I know it's amplified many, many times because of the number of people you have to interact with, what, what do some of the critics say to you? What are some of the things they say that you're not doing right? What do you hear from them and how do you deal with them? Gosh, there's a lot of critics out there and from a lot of different parts of the world, you know, you got the church and the believers (laughs) who very Pharisee like, you know, it's very religious. It's very, um, you know, this, this is God's will and you're not in God's will. So therefore, you know, you're bad, you're a bad person, you're a sinner, you're this or that. And I'm like, huh, well, I'm actually, I feel like I'm actually walking in God's will. And at the end of the day, I thought I was the one that's got to give an account for that, but thank you. Um, you know, and then you have the other part of the world, you know, the, the world, the world who just doesn't understand you at all. And they're like, who are you? Why do you have these beliefs and these convictions? And, you know, if you have all these beliefs and convictions, why, why in the world would someone like you come on a show like this, knowing what all it entails? And, you know, you have just different opinions and different people groups. And so for me, what was really difficult was kind of like feeling weirdly attacked by, by both the church and the world. Um, and so it was a very interesting time of having to have a faith and a trust like I've never had to have before and truly letting it be God's word and God's promises and God's presence be what I would run to um, in those moments when the voices were so loud. And don't get me wrong, there were a lot of very positive voices as well. But of course, it's very easy to just harp on all the negative Mm -hmm. and just listen to the ones that are because those seem to be the loudest most of the time, right? Like those seem to be the ones that really stick with us. And so for me, something that I think really helped me during that time was I honestly didn't pay attention to the positive voices or the negative voices because I didn't want my head to be cocky and prideful and filled with, oh, all these people think these amazing things about me. But I also didn't want to constantly feel defeated and insecure and feel like, oh, people just hate me and no one loves me. (laughs) And so for me, it was just staying in the middle and being like, okay, there's a lot of voices, there's a lot of opinions, but what does God say? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my identity? And then just saying so rooted in that and remembering Acts 20, 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's why I'm here. So there's going to be people that are going to have opinions who like the way I do it, who don't like the way I do it, who reject me, who accept me. I mean, there's going to be that. Um, and even Jesus shows us that with his life in the gospels, you can read about that, right? Like he had followers, people who admired him and were in awe of him, but also the Pharisees who Mm -hmm. were nailing him to the cross and the people who didn't understand him. And so they rejected him. And that's just a part of being a follower of Christ is we're going to share that suffering, but we're also going to share that glory. But for me, it's just remembering who it's all about, why I'm here and just remembering that it's not about me and that I'm a part of something so much bigger than myself. Um, but there, of course, are moments where words affect me and hurt me. And when I have been affected more than I should have and was laying in bed and didn't want to get out of bed um, because of just all of the negative things. And then you start to believe them. But I think it's just in those moments, just confronting those lies and then just lining it, lining it up with God's truth. OK, this is what people are saying. But what does God say? We'll come back. We'll wrap up uh, this edition of Rick and Bubba University with Maddie Pruitt when Rick and Bubba University continues. 
All right, we're talking with Madison Pruitt. Her book is called Made for This Moment. It's available everywhere. It's out now, Strength, Grace, Courage, Standing Firm on Those Things, and 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 you've been helpful on that. But I do want to ask you this because we kind of share in the same thing you were just talking about. But I also have had those times when a brother or sister in Christ has held me accountable, and I look at Scripture, and I go back and listen to what I said or I watch what I did, and I realize that they were right. Uh, and they're only helping me grow. And um, so we certainly talk about the Pharisees, and there is a difference. But were there some things when you saw it being played back that you looked at and said, hmm, I could have handled that better? Honestly, I can say no to that because I feel like with everything in me, I was so – just taking it before the Lord and surrendering it with God and just saying like, Lord, let it be your spirit that leads me. Let it be your timing, your way, your will. And I was constantly, you know, of course it depends on how you look at it. You can always look at situations in life in any way, shape or form and say, Oh, like maybe that could have been tweaked. Maybe that could have whatever. But when I think about what I walked through in that time and everything I faced and everything I dealt with and how hard it was and how just weary, I felt like God truly gave me the strength, grace and courage that I needed to be all that he's called me to be and to do all that he calls me to do. And I feel truly like I can say I was led by the spirit and led by that spirit of peace and by that spirit of wisdom and discernment throughout that time on the show. And of course I'm imperfect. I'm not a perfect person and I don't proclaim to be. Um, And so I'm sure anyone could look at my time and be like, Oh, I don't know. There was this moment and there was this moment. Um, And sure. Again, I'm not perfect. So I'm sure there were things, but I can say that I was prayerful and I was intentional with bringing it all before the Lord. Therefore, I feel like God has used every single bit of it. The moments when I failed, the moments when I felt weak, the moments where I stood tall and strong, every single bit of it, God has used to bring glory to his name, which is ultimately what it's all about. And so for that, I'm thankful. And for that, I have no regrets. Maddie, I know you're very close with your family. How has your fame, if you will, your notoriety, you're known by a lot of folks now. How has that affected your family and, and primarily your siblings? Uh, do they, do they like this, uh, world of influence that you're in now, or do they want to stay clear of it? What, what, how have they reacted to this? Oh gosh, we should call them up and ask them. I've never really (laughs) asked them, but I will say they, you know, my family was such a rock, you know, during that time. It's a very, when I was going through the show and even coming off immediately after, it's a very lonely time. And it's a time where no one could ever understand what you've been through, no matter how much you explain it, no matter how much you write about it, no matter how much you speak about it, like no one could ever understand the feelings and the things that you went through and the things you experienced and saw. And so for me, my family was such a rock for me during that time, you know, when I couldn't talk to anyone else about it and my, you know, my sisters and my parents just really being those people that I could open up to and just come to um, was so big. And then, and them reminding me of who I am in the moments where other people were trying to tell me who I am or that I, you know, I'm a screw up or I'm not a real believer or a real Christian or I'm this or I'm that, you know, just them constantly reminding me, no, 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 no. This is who you are. This is who God says you are. This is what God has called you to do, you know, block out all the rest. And so they were such 
um, just big believers and champions and encouragers to me, prayer warriors for me um, during that time. They, you know, they carried a lot of the weight of that. Um, you know, you're, when you step into something like that, I mean, my family was on display cause they were on the show. So like my family was on display as well for millions to see. And I think one of the coolest things was that people not only saw the spirit of God inside of me, but they saw the spirit inside of my family and on my family. And it led to a lot of really cool conversations and moments for people to be able to see like, wow, like, okay, I, I want to have a family like that. You know, I want to, I want to raise a family on that kind of a foundation um, and be able to have those kinds of life-giving conversations and to have parents. I, I want to be able to be a parent who believes in my kids like that and speaks life over my kids like that and, 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 and speaks that my kids are going to be dreamers and, and doers of God's words and, and carrier of God's presence. Like I want to be able to speak that and, you know, sisters who believe in each other and pray for each other and love on each other. And so I think that it was really cool to see how God used even my family, even my mom and my dad um, in such a way that I, I never could have imagined. But, you know, I don't know as far as what it's been like for them having, you know, people come up to them and be like, oh, my gosh, are you Maddie Pruitt's sister? <laughs> um, I don't know if that's annoying or if they if they like it. Uh, that is that is a question I'll have to bring them on for you you to ask. Well, uh, I, we just thank you so much for being with us, uh, knowing what it's like. Uh, I know uh, with our parents and things, one thing they don't like is when people are negative. Now they can be negative about you. Yeah. But, but, oh, yeah. But, but right. uh, yeah, but other people, but that stays in house. Yeah. But nobody yeah. else can be negative about you. That's right. Yeah. They stand up and defend you. The book is called made for this moment. It's now available, uh, everywhere books are sold. And, uh, of course, Maddie's also out doing some, some book signings. You can find all that information by going to Maddie Prue. That's M A D I P R E W dot com uh or you can just go to wherever books are so but if you want to find out more about some of the book signings and all that uh use her website and also you can find out anything else that she has coming up that you uh that you might want to participate in and so, maddie if you want to uh link this podcast to your oh i don't know about two million followers we'd be totally all right with that, I mean, by the way we're not putting that a, kind of pressure no on you. it's fine though, do what do. the lord yeah. leads you to do now have <laughs> we been, leads, that's right? right right now have we been helpful <laughs> yes uh but uh, <laughs> so maddie thanks for being with us we appreciate it very continued much. success thank yeah. you guys so much it's always so much fun thank yeah. you for what you do yeah press on fight the good fight uh, be, be straining for the goal to hear that uh, from our Lord and Savior. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thanks to all of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Mm-hmm.